I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. When most people think of making money as a Christian author, they think, exclusively of writing and publishing a paperback book or maybe an ebook. And while these are certainly great options, they are by no means the only ways to make money as an author. In fact, there are a number of different ways that you may not have considered. Opportunities abound for those that are willing to put in the work and as my guest on publishing secrets says to stay focused. By recognizing these opportunities and pursuing them, you can increase your impact, your influence, and your income substantially. So what are these opportunities and how do you find them? Well, it's my pleasure for you to meet today on the show, Kevin Wayne Johnson. He had those very same questions and went on a journey with God to find his path. I believe that you will be inspired by his journey, what he's been able to accomplish with God's help. And Kevin has the words as a leadership expert. He has the words to help you to figure out how to move forward. So grab your pen, some paper, take some notes, and most importantly, take action. Enjoy. All right, Kevin, welcome to Publishing Secrets. Man, we've been having such a great time talking already getting ready for the podcast interview. So now I am so elated to be able to share you with the audience, to be able to share your journey. It's so inspiring. I just know that people are going to be blessed by this episode. So thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Yes, yes. Well, listen, you know, we've been able to catch up a little bit on, you know, God, what God has been doing through you. And as I said, I just know it's going to be a blessing to the audience, but I want to start at the beginning because I think if we start with where you are now, you know, of course, everybody's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. That's what I want. But everyone has a starting point. So I want you to go all the way back to the beginning when you were preparing to write your first book, which I think we talked about was 20 years ago. What was the mission that you were on? Like what, what? started this whole process of you becoming an author? Well, the beginning kind of starts with uh, my vocation and the work that I was doing with the federal government. I'm a 34-year retiree from the federal government, and I would say probably right around year 15, maybe year 16, I started to have a call, a pull, a burden, an inclination for ministry work. Mom and dad did a good job with making sure that I was a regular attender at church, that I had a reverent fear of God, and that I understood the importance of of a heavenly father in my life. But long before I really knew what any of that meant, I started to feel this pull toward 
wanting to be a minister, wanting to be someone to preach God's word. But this was long before my pastor at the time confirmed that I actually had a call on my life. So I started this journey of writing articles that was related to my vocation and the federal government. And those articles were being published in national magazines with readership over 20,000 across the country. And it started to get my attention. And what really got my attention was one Saturday morning, a very high ranking official in the federal government read one of my articles in one of these national publications. And it just so happened that he was looking for a person or two that he could bring with him to Capitol Hill for testimony before Congress uh, on some bills that were pending. And lo and behold, he read Kevin Johnson's article. He told me on a Saturday morning at the kitchen table. And on Monday morning, when he reported to work for duty, he called my boss Hmm. to say, I would like to have a conversation with you about bringing Kevin Johnson with me to testify before Congress on this pending bill. And I'm like, really? And the boss said, yeah, really. And that kind of gave me the inspiration that I needed to know that my writing was making a difference. Mm. And so guess what? I started writing for the Lord. I established my own business. Uh, I called it Writing for the Lord Ministries. And I began the process of self-publishing this very first book called Give God the Glory. And I just wanted people to be in tune with knowing God and doing the will of God concerning your life. That's the subtitle of the book. And I began writing it two parts, six chapters, uh, about 150 pages, not very thick. Uh, and I produced it. I did it myself, had it edited, formatted it and copyrighted, put it out there in the marketplace, had a nice cover done, didn't know any other authors, didn't have a mentor, didn't have an agent. Didn't know anything about it other than I just wanted people to understand and acknowledge that uh, God Almighty loves us and he has a plan and purpose for us. And that's literally how my writing journey got started. And I went to my very first writer's conference in Dallas, Texas. I still have the notes from that conference. Uh, That was 20 years ago. And about maybe a couple of months after that, I received a phone call from a Christian distributor. That time, the name was FaithWorks. And Larry Carpenter was the CEO. Him and I are still good friends all these years later. And he said, I want to bring your book into the fold for distribution to all of the Christian bookstores across the country, because I think it has potential. And I was his third client. And the rest is history. Wow. That's how it started. And 20 years later, it's still going strong. I run into Larry all the time at the different Christian conferences and conventions and summits. Uh, prior to the pandemic, and sometimes even the virtual space, I'll see his name and and I'll, you know, say hello to him in the chat. But uh, it's really interesting how the journey started and and it's still going strong. Wow. You know, you talked about this, this pull in you. And I, I just, I feel like there are people that are listening to us right now that are experiencing that same pull where God is calling you to step into something Uh, different, uh, something uh, maybe bigger than you imagined. And the work that you're doing, Kevin, um, really aligns with that. You know, as I was reading 
your, your, your book and reading your bio, one thing that became really clear to me is, is Kevin is about helping leaders step into their potential. So it's like that, that pull that you experience, you know, that other people are experiencing that too, and you want to help them answer the call. Absolutely. I mean, you're on target and you're on point because I learned a long time ago, it's about serving people. Uh, I'm a firm believer in the fact that God created us to serve people. That's where true fulfillment comes. All of us are so fulfilled when we do something good for somebody else, not out of obligation, but because it's genuine, it's coming from the heart. And so a lot of what I do, I would say 95% of my waking hours is all about finding ways to serve others. And interestingly enough, now that I'm retired after 34 years, based on what I experienced and based upon what I observed, I am now in a new space and a new place watching God continually confirm the work that I'm doing. And that is pouring into the lives of the current and next generation of leaders, because I have all of the evidence, all of the data that's verifiable and validatable that good leaders help to make the world a much better place. And I have observed and I have experienced good leadership in the workplace and bad leadership in the workplace. And and I know how it makes people feel because I can sense their body language. I've seen good leadership in the church. And I've seen and experienced bad leadership in the church. And so what can I do to help to make a difference? And that is to educate, to impart knowledge, and to heighten the level of awareness in terms of what people know, because we don't know what we don't know. And I am a student Mm. of the subject, because leaders are learners. And I have a thirst and a hunger for this space. And I have a burden. And I've been doing it now full-time for four years since I retired, stood up a business, the Johnson Leadership Group, and have started to author books in that space, uh, Leadership with a Servant's Heart. That's the title. And then each of the five publications will have a slightly different subtitle. And uh, the first book uh, picked up nine literary awards. It's been sold around the world, all published through my same publishing company, Writing for the Lord Ministries. Mm And if a traditional publisher wants to come along and sign me, I'll be open and receptive to that. I'll have the negotiations. But, um, you know, ebook, audiobook, uh, print version, study guide, and um, I forget the third. There, there are five different versions study guide and uh, workbook. That's it, workbook. So there's five different versions that come out of one book so that we can meet the diversity of audiences that that we're called to reach. So it's it's been a phenomenal journey. As you can see, I'm still smiling. Yeah. Um, I, I love what I do. And I think that's where we're trying to get people to. We want people to love what they do because it's work, but it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. And you're serving people. And so you, you you're going you're going to bed every night fulfilled and you're waking up and you're ready to go. And that's what it's yeah. all about. You know, as you say that, um, the importance of service, you know, one of the things that stood out about uh, your book is you you kind of kick things off with it's not about you. <laughs> and you talk about how, you know, you had all these different jobs. I, I, I remember reading you had all these different jobs and none of them in the beginning were very glamorous. So we heard you talk about your career in your 34 years, but that's not where it started. So talk to us about where you really learned the importance of leadership? Well, I remember 
very vividly during my 34 years with the federal government, I remember very vividly the, the two bad supervisors that I had. They were awful leaders. And one told me why, but the other one never did. So I had to kind of guess, why is it that I'm not clicking with her? And the other supervisor was a man, and he just let the whole team know right up front, I don't like y'all. I don't think you're up to snuff. I don't think you have what it takes, and I want all of you replaced. But what was the, where is the evidence and the validation for you to say something like that to a group of people as a new leader coming on board? But interestingly enough, when I think back on all of the good supervisors that I had and the good leaders and the good bosses, which were many, I don't necessarily remember all of what they did. I just remember that they did a great job, but I remember the bad ones. And and that's, that's very interesting. So part of my takeaway is to help future leaders understand that what you say and what you do matters Mm -hmm. because people will walk away with a certain feeling. They're going to feel good about themselves or they're not going to feel good about themselves and leaving people with that feeling of not feeling good about themselves has lifelong repercussions. It could impact their health, their their mental being, et cetera. And so we want leaders to understand the importance of value and care, respect, honor, and being a person of value that adds value to other people. And and we don't get this in school. It, It has to be taught outside of the boundaries of school because you, you just don't get these principles in elementary, middle, or high school, or college, or doing your graduate work. You just don't. And uh, it's something that has to be taught. So that that's the burden that I have, that uh, I put an action plan together to make a difference and to help men and women that want to move into leadership roles to understand it's more than just a title or a position, but it's core to who you are. It's, it's, it's in your character. It's in your DNA. And you may not have the position and you may not have the authority, but you're still a leader in terms of how you treat people, how you interact with people, how you communicate, how you lift people up, edify them. Uh, all of the above is, is what we teach. And uh, we put it in the books. And we also do it by way of the seminars and the workshops and, and the other ways of engaging with people. Let's talk about that a little bit, Kevin, because I would imagine that people are listening to us right now that are maybe a little bit earlier in their journey, but they have aspirations of uh, doing some of the things that you're talking about, having this uh, expansive uh, list of books, but also being able to do workshops and summits and seminars and, and not just on Zoom, you're doing this in person and all over the globe. So talk to us a little bit about how you see an individual being able to go from being a published author, to really turning this into a full-fledged business of which the books are certainly a product, but you're able to use that to create a foundation for other avenues of success. Yeah, absolutely. So there's two things that really come to mind. The first word is focus. And the second word is perseverance. So you and I have to have a stick to witness. We have to be committed, dedicated, and we have to persevere uh, to continue on that straight and narrow path. But equally important, you have to be focused because no one message or no one book is for 
everybody. Mm-hmm. You, you have to be focused on a particular audience. So in my particular case, I've always known that my audience are people that work in the federal government and people that work in the state government, but specifically in the state where I live, in the state of Maryland. Those are the people that I serve. Because I'm a minister of the gospel, I serve the local church, right? That includes people that attend church on a regular basis, as well as people that have leadership positions in the church, the deacon, the the pastor, the bishop. Uh, it's It's a target audience. It's not for everybody. Uh, I work with selected nonprofits. I also work with academia, those people that are in the leadership space uh, that are open and receptive to have someone like me to come in uh, and join with the other peers and colleagues to advance the cause of leadership. And then last but not least, in the corporate space, I, I don't do a lot of work with the large corporations because they pretty much know already who they want to work with or they tend to lean toward people whose names that you know uh, that are already in that space. But the small to mid-sized corporations need people like you and I to come Mm -hmm. and help them to develop curriculum and agendas and also to deliver it as well and not necessarily be so inclined to charge top dollar and will only show up if they fly us first class. Uh, To me, that's nonsense, but to a lot of people, it makes perfect sense, but you don't, nobody needs to put me on first class. I'm good with coach. I don't, I don't, I Save don't get money. In, Yeah. I don't get into all of that, but some people, for some people, they said in exchange for my expertise, you're going to, I'm only going to fly first class. I'm only going to stay in a five-star hotel. Uh, Kevin Johnson doesn't get into that because I look at how Jesus served people Uh-oh. and he didn't make those demands. Right. Mm-hmm. But everybody, everybody's different. So that's the target audience. So we have to be focused Mm -hmm. and we have to persevere. You have to stick with it. You have to keep doing it because that's how you improve your craft. The more you do it, the better you get. The books that I write now are probably a thousand percent better than the books that I wrote (laughs) when I first got started. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. Because I've learned the craft. I've learned how to add personal stories into the nonfiction that I write. I do a lot of research, a lot of study, uh, both from scripture, as well as from a plethora of other information I have. But I also want to interject Kevin Johnson as the author into the book as well. So people get to know the author, because when it's all said and done, that's really what they're buying. They're buying the they're buying the information, but they're buying the author as well. So I would say focus and perseverance are really the two key areas that we need to be focused on for long term success. Now, success is subjective. Because it means different things to different people. Yeah. So for Kevin Johnson, success is staying happily married to one wife and making sure that the sons that I raise go out into the world and represent us well. That I didn't mention money or the zip code I live in or the car I drive. Mm-hmm. None of that. What success is, is having a good, solid family unit that I was responsible for and making sure that everybody is taken care of and provided for. To me, that's what success is, not making a million dollars or having 20 books or having name recognition or getting a million people to follow me on Instagram. None of that to me is success, but guess what? To another person it is, and I'm not here to say that they're right or wrong. To them, that's what success is. Yeah. 
You know, what I, I heard as you were sharing that, though, is that you're very clear on who you're here for. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important uh, thing for us to key in on for our audience, some of which are very early in their journey, or maybe you've been at this for a while, but you're still wanting to uh, uh, serve everyone. And what, what Kevin has said with us is the, shared with us is one of the reasons that he's found success is that he was able to clearly identify here is who I can serve the best. Here's how I can serve them. And then what I also heard was that you identified an area of opportunity. So especially when you talked about the corporate space, you recognize, hey, there are some people that are expecting A, Y, and Z. I don't need that. This is what I need. And so that's an opportunity for me. These are the types of companies that would love to have me there because they know the value that I can add. Um, and they're not having to pay top dollar, but I'm still able to get what I need to meet the financial goals that I have and, and to be successful, as you shared, uh, you know, the relationship with your wife and, and, and raising um, great sons, right? So knowing what you want and being clear on who you can serve and looking for those opportunities, they're there. That's what I, I'm hearing from you is the opportunities are there. The question is, are we recognizing those opportunities and are we pursuing them? Absolutely. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's a, it's a great ride. And that's why I use the word focus. Um, you and I have to be very, very focused as we execute and implement the plan because our message, as good as it is, is not for everybody. It's not going to land in everybody's lap. But once you identify that target market, and that audience that specifically has a thirst and hunger for your message, uh, it, it's, it's literally limitless. Mm. And even though I hone in on focus and perseverance, uh, there is one more word that I want to throw in uh, in this area, and that is humility, right? Uh, bringing a level of humility uh, into the equation is very refreshing, uh, and it's very good for you. And when you really, really focus on scripture, Uh, The scriptures do remind us to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will do what? He will lift you up, Mm -hmm. right? And so let's not get too braggadocious. Let's not be too boastful, although from time to time you do that because you do have to sell what it is that you have in terms of a service or a product. But if we can do it with humility, uh, wow, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So focus perseverance and do it all in humility and and watch God open up those doors for you. It's amazing. Yeah. Those are, those are three great words that we can take with us as we, as we journey forward. Let's talk a little bit about business and ministry, because one of the things that I also heard you say uh, is that your publishing arm has ministries in the title. You have all these years of experience, federal government, but but still very business. And then you're working with corporations. You, you have this uh, ability to flourish and to thrive in many different environments. I'd love to hear your perspective because I will tell you some of the things that I've I've heard from our community. Some people say, well, what I'm doing as an author is a ministry. And because it's a ministry, I am not concerned about how much I earn from my work. And and I might even feel sometimes a little bit uncomfortable 
really talking about money or charging when you think about going to the different events and things that you're doing. And then there are some in the community that really see the work that they're doing as, as a business, a for-profit business. And then they have these, you know, these income goals that they're shooting for, believing that, hey, if God enables me to reach these goals, I can use some of my overflow to open doors and be a blessing to others. How do you make sense of these two things? Because it sounds like you're operating in both worlds. What are your thoughts? So I'm a firm believer, and I always have been, that we, no matter where we are, we have the responsibility to be a living epistle. Uh, We can make God's word come to life without quoting John 3.16 or 1 Thessalonians 5.17 or Isaiah 9.6 or even Genesis 1.1 right? We can just live it. And and people know. And here's the evidence. It's not unusual that at the conclusion of any uh, in-person training that I do or speaking that I do uh, in a secular environment, godly men and women in that audience will come up to me at the end and they'll ask me, are, are you, you a pastor? Yeah. Is, is something about the spirit of God that that's leading us. And I do, I do not have to get into revelation two and three, uh, or even mention, right. you mentioned James, you know, four twenty three. you just live it. It, it. It's part of who you are. People can pick up on the spirit. Now here's the fine line between ministry and industry is what I call it. So the, 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 they kind of rhyme, but you're right. It's, it's ministry and business, but ministry and industry. I like it. Uh, I'm a firm believer that as a business owner, that it's God Almighty who puts us in a position to earn wealth. That that's scriptural. As long as we keep it in context, yeah, and 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 we do the right things with the financial resources that He blesses us with uh, by giving and and making sure that we spend in a very frugal manner. Uh, I think it's perfectly fine for those of us uh, that understand Scripture and live it to make ourselves available for uh, folks in the secular world who are hungry and who never get it while they're at work. Hmm. Uh, I'm a firm believer in that. But just make sure that there's a good balance between what we're doing to promote ministry work and then what we're doing in with industry. You won't find me at no casino delivering any leadership development training. <laughs> it yeah. ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't work for alcohol and beverage organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just don't do that. I mean, if Hennessy called me and they wanted me to come in and do some diversity training, I would respectfully decline. I just, because of the product that you make, you, there's somebody else out there in the industry that will do that. That'd be a better fit. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have some boundaries and, um, you know, Bacardi can't call me and, and, and request, you know, we heard that you do great work. Well, we do, but I just um, I, I'm, I'm not going to sign a contract with your company. It's it's on principle, and so those are different choices that we have to make as we go forward. Those are choices that I choose to make, and um, I recognize and acknowledge that I stay away from profanity, and I stay away from anything that gives the appearance of evil. That's based on scripture, and that's just a personal choice that I make, and that's how I, that's how I delineate the line between ministry and industry. Now, let me let me just bring it out and just, just say it because I do say these, these types of things in these public forums. 
I'm not going to go and participate and, and speak at or deliver any training at a church where I know the pastor ain't living right. I'm just not going to do it. Oh, Again, that's just my personal choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not I'm not here to advocate my views on anybody else, but that kind of goes to the spirit of the character of who yeah. we should be at all times in private and in public. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are just some opportunities that present themselves and I'm like, let's do it. And mm-hmm. others that, that, that not, or that I won't. And it comes down to what is the industry average for my services for this particular opportunity and and we agree on those terms and then we sign the contract so if somebody's willing to pay you know fifteen thousand dollars for a 90-minute keynote that also includes some interactive workshop components in terms of leadership development then when i do my research on the organization and nothing really pops out then yeah let's let's sign it and make it happen yeah mm-hmm. and you know, that's, that's kind of that's kind of how i go with it that's really good because what i hear you say is that it's not so much about what name is on the building <laughs> or what name is on the organization. It's, it's how are the people living? Is in alignment with the values that you have and who God is calling you to be? Mm-hmm. And that there may be opportunities that you might not get. You know, we were talking about uh, before we actually got into the interview, we were talking about both one of our, our favorite people that we have in common is John Maxwell. And you were sharing with me about how uh, the John John Maxwell organization operates. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's not like a ministries, the way that the organization runs, the character of the individuals reflects godly values. And so we need to be looking for those things, not just what is the name of the the, the place say, and and Mm -hmm. is it a church, but it, is it a place where we can operate with integrity and we know that the people that are asking us to be there are operating in integrity? That's it. I mean, you, sum, you summed it up well. So in the spirit of being focused and having perseverance, that's part of the homework and the due diligence that we do. You know, here's a piece of advice for all of the authors out there that are listening. For those of you that are just getting started in your journey in writing, and you're now at that point where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you definitely want to publish your first book, then take the time to research the title to make sure that it's not already out there. Research your name to make sure that no one else out there has the same name as you do. And do some comparative analysis to the subject or the genre as it relates to the current portfolio of books that are already out there in the marketplace. That, that's part of the homework because that'll help to guide you as you go forward. And that's exactly what I do, uh, not only in ministry, but also as a business owner. Uh, I, I research these companies that call me to ask me to come in and, and teach. 2022 started out with a bang. Um, you know, we're only in day 53, 54 of the new year, and it has been the busiest than it has been. But that's that's in part because of the seeds that yeah, have been that have been planted. OK, so they're they're, they're coming to fruition. Uh, they're being watered and, and God gives the increase. That's all scriptural. I knew it would happen, but it happened a little bit faster than I thought. So the focus then is all about delivering in a very outstanding way to every customer that you serve. So as an author, 
Your customer are the book buyers, the book lovers. That's your customer. Make sure you're giving them an excellent product to read because they will help you then to sell those books exponentially more so than advertising because they just put the word out. It's word of mouth. And and people will will want to gravitate towards you. I get some sort of a payment every month from Amazon. Um, you know, every month when I check the bank statement, there are sales from Amazon, whether it's big or whether it's small. It's just an ongoing and recurring thing because people are still buying the books, you know, years after they've been published. So I'm doing some things on my end, but a lot of the people out there in the community are talking with each, with, with each other and they're saying, you know, purchase this book either for yourself or as a gift. So hopefully, hopefully that helps in terms of, you know, being on target, recognizing your audience, that's part of the focus, persevering, continue to do it, don't give up, learn your craft, get better at it as you go along. And then last but not least, go ahead and pursue those goals, dreams and aspirations, because you own them, they belong to you. And nobody can really stop you but you. I love that nobody can stop you. But you but you. Yeah. Yep. You know, when we, you were sharing that, that, that took me back uh, in, in scripture. And I know you know it uh, as a preacher of the gospel, but it reminds me when, uh, when they said that we were grasshoppers in their eyes. Uh, and, and, and sometimes we can see ourselves as small and then we don't pursue what God has said that we can have and we can, what we can do. And it's not other people saying that we can't do it. We're seeing ourselves that way. And that means that we're Mm -hmm. stopping ourselves. Kevin, this has been amazing. I want people to be able to get connected to you, to learn more about uh, your books, 20-year veteran in in the business, to be able to learn about how you have been able to put, with God's help, all of this together and really build a business that's uh, changing lives, not only through books, but through speaking and through coaching. Where can our listening audience go to learn more about you and the books that you have out there? Okay. Well, one of the key takeaways is to make it easy for people to find you. So my name is Kevin Wayne Johnson. So whatever your name is, go on out there to your favorite search engine and purchase that URL. So you can find me on kevinwaynejohnson.com. And you'll have all of the information that you need to know about the books, about the business, about the speaking, everything that I'm doing relative to the ministry and the leadership development training, because it's all intertwined. But one of the best pieces of advice that I can give is to make it easy for people to find you. Mm -hmm. So if your name is Alice Newman, then go ahead and get (laughs) alicenewman.com, right? If your name is Ben-Hur, benhur.com. So I was able to many, many years ago to get KevinWayneJohnson.com. And here's the other interesting thing, too. So the name of my business is the Johnson Leadership Group. So that's the vision that God had given me, oh, four years ago. And after he gave me the name and I hired my graphic artist to come up with the logo, then I went to look for the URL, thejohnsonleadershipgroup.com. And guess what? It was available. It was available. It was available. It didn't stop there. Just last year, because of the pandemic and because we're virtual and people are now so used to taking their training online, Mm -hmm. I built a brand new leadership academy. 
and it's all online. Yours truly is the lead instructor. And I called it Leaders Are Learners Academy. And I put in a trademark application because I want to trademark Leaders Are Learners. It's still pending. And I hired my graphic artist to go out and develop a nice logo. And he did. And when it came back and I selected it, then I went to see if leadersarelearnersacademy.com is available. And guess what? It is. Yeah, it was available. <laughs> so it's it's really amazing how when you plant these seeds and somebody mm-hmm. comes behind you to water, how God gives the increase. Um, it's it's really that's the journey has been amazing. So that was a long-winded answer, but the answer to your question is KevinWayneJohnson.com. <laughs> well, listen, what I love about you, Kevin, is that you're always planting seeds mm-hmm. in the lives of those mm-hmm. that you interact with, and there's been so many things that we've talked about today that I just know are going to be a blessing to the audience. So family, make sure that you go out to KevinWayneJohnson.com. You check out um, all of his leadership books and his services and be inspired by what God has been able to do through Kevin. What he has done for Kevin, he can do through you and for you as long as you say yes to the call. So Kevin, before you go, you've given us so many nuggets. But listen, I, I just want you to speak life into a particular group. So you've been at this all this time. You're seeing the fruits of your labor. You are in a place, like you said, where the seeds that you've planted are now coming to harvest. And it sounds like you're, 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 it's exceeded your expectations so far in mm-hmm. 2022. But there are people that are listening to us right now that want to believe that that is possible for them. Mm-hmm. But they're struggling to believe um, sometimes because of the voices uh, in their own head. Sometimes it's people haven't haven't been as supportive and as encouraging as they would like. And then sometimes it's our it's our own perceptions of ourselves that get in the way as a minister, as a leader, as a coach. What is the number one piece of advice that you have for that person that is having trouble believing that it's possible for them? Surrounding yourself with like minded people. Mm-hmm. That's it. When you get into a situation where your sphere of influence embraces and celebrates your goal, dream, and aspirations because they think like you, they are building you up. It's so uplifting and they become your number one cheerleader. And when you're in that environment, now you're in a position where you can change that, that mental attitude about what you're doing. Because the naysayers will do just that. They don't believe in not only your dream, but they don't believe that you have what it takes to fulfill that dream. If you flip that and your sphere of influence are people who are like-minded, then you're constantly building each other up. And then before you know it, you are well on your way. And the best way to finish anything is to first get started. So... So I, always, I always end on that note, surround yourself by like-minded people, and now you are on your way. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. 
Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.